0: You are now tuned in to the Property Management Show with your host, Alex Osinenko. We bring in the experts of today so you can be the master of tomorrow in all things property management. Whether it's getting more doors, running a profitable fee based business, or by simply being the best property manager. So, grab a pen and paper because this episode
1: is sure to be a good one. Thank you. And enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Property Management Show. It's an honor and privilege to have you all listening and uh, sending your feedback um, for different speakers and interviews we have here. Uh, and today I have Doug Bryan here with me to talk shop. Doug, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing today, Alex? Uh, wonderful, wonderful. Some people might be asking, who is Doug Bryan? Well, if you don't know, let me do a quick introduction and uh we'll see. Um so first of all, Doug is a former Super Bowl NFL place kicker. Uh he played on 49ers at Steve uh, Steve Young and that era. He al- also led uh Waypoint Homes, which is the company and correct me if I'm if I'm if I'm wrong here, Doug, but okay. Waypoint Homes used to manage 17,000 single family homes, is that correct?
0: Yeah, we bought and managed
1: 17,000 homes in 13 different markets around the US. Got you, and so you led that company, were you the president of that company? What is, what is, give us a quick background story on this.
0: Yeah, so I have a, a business partner, his name's Colin Wheel. Uh, we founded Waypoint Homes together. So to me, I think the most important title is you know founder, co-founder, we did that together. Um, Ultimately, when we um, took the company public
1: um, i was the I was the CEO got gotcha. so you so actually you started the company see, I didn't know that. I thought you were invited to run the company somehow, but started the company. I know you uh personally have read, reading your bios uh you personally have investment properties, but also most importantly, the reason why you and I are here and talking property management to property management uh entrepreneurs is you are the Co-founder and CEO of Mind.co, which is M-Y-N-D, which is a venture-backed property management company. And look, um, for all of you guys that are listening, I'm looking at the Crunchbase profile, and let's just be right up there with public information. You raised $35.6 million over four rounds, and you currently with about 2,500 units under management. Is that correct? Correct all right sir so i'm just curious this is um a significant um there we see a lot of momentum in this industry there's there's significant uh, uh private equity as well as vc-backed money coming into the industry backing a lot of companies a lot of acquisitions a lot of consolidation um doc what are you doing what is my what are you what are your aspirations for mine where are you going with this company
0: yeah look um so we ran waypoint homes um the company we just talked about for seven and a half years. And, you know, I think at the core, my partner and I were, were real estate investors and entrepreneurs, like that's who we are. We went in to buying single family homes in 2009 because there was a tremendous investment opportunity. Along the way, we realized there was an opportunity to, to build some technology and systems and leverage data in a way to really like scale that opportunity. Um, we started out hiring third party property management companies like that's that's not our background it was not our you know part of our initial business plan but what we quickly realized was um, we just couldn't find property management companies that could perform at a high enough level to attract institutional capital and allow us to do the type of reporting that we needed to do to our um, for our investors and just to kind of you know generally run the business so we see a Tremendous opportunity to build what I would call a you know a 21st century um, property management platform that you know systematizes things, measures things. We have a saying: you can't improve something if you don't measure it. So very um, metrics-driven. And and then I think as, as you look across almost every industry, um, there's a really cool new saying that I've heard that um, data is the new oil. You know, used countries nice. and uh, companies with oil were just that. That was the most valuable asset, and I think um, people are just beginning to realize that that is a truism in the real estate business, but specifically in property management. Like, there's a lot of data at our fingertips, and I think companies that can figure out how to collect it and harness the power of that data can create a more profitable and simpler investment for people that want to own residential rental properties, which is, you know, that's my business. So in some ways I'm like trying to solve my own
1: problem. Sure, sure. A lot of us entrepreneurs, you know, that's how we stumble into uh, the things we do. Um, so I'm going to take a st- take a big a bit of a history lesson from you. So when you ran those uh, the Waypoint Homes, um, what were the major, maybe top three or top two performance gaps that you saw within the property management companies? Uh, when you had to hire the third parties to manage your uh, your portfolios?
0: You know, I would just say
1: in general,
0: um, visibility into metrics, data, reporting, right? Like, you know, I mean, it's interesting now I'm in the third party property business and you kind of get a good sense of like what an individual investor wants in the way of like a financial package. It's very, very different from what institutional investors want. And, you know, it's not just like the, the financial visibility into what's happening but it's the operational data behind it to help um, explain it and then taking that even one step further you know the concept of real-time data right so I, one of the things that I've w- witnessed in this industry it, it's what you typically see is the financial statement at the end of the month which allows you to look at it and you know kind of manage in the rearview mirror like oh these things happen wow, I wish I would have known that, gosh, that's too bad, that costs so much. Whereas with the system that we built at Waypoint, it was really about creating real-time visibility into what's happening. So as things happen in real time, you can make adjustments, corrections, focus on the right things. And that type of visibility is really, I think, necessary to raise the capital. And then um, secondarily, really crucial to be able to manage it well
1: enough to generate the returns that you uh ah, but that's for a larger portfolio that which which waypoint represented now you're discovering the the various needs of individual investors so i mean i think mine plays in a very similar um, uh, marketplace as a lot of our customers as well as a lot of our listeners is you know, small to mid-sized investor with, you know, single family, four plexus, and maybe smaller apartment buildings. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. And, and then what do you see in expectations um, or in, I guess, performance gaps for this market uh, from current, from the industry as a whole right now? Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. So, um, you know, I think one good part of the business to, to highlight would be,
0: you know, vacancy right? So, I mean, it was true at Waypoint. It's true for every investor that I've ever come across. Like, as soon as that notice of vacate comes out, it's like, you know, antennas are up, right? Like, vacancy is coming. And so, you know, how you react to and and deal with vacancies is is important. And um, one of the things that we learned at Waypoint, which we're, I would say, taking to the next level at mind is the concept of a self-showing. So using smart locks to be able to generate codes that um are good for a certain period of time that allow someone to you know get out and see a property more easily we used to find that the biggest um fall off in conversion rates was when we tried to schedule an appointment with a with an agent and when we moved to sell showings and we're able to like screen somebody and give them a code all of a sudden we got more eyeballs in um, on the units, and we're able to move things faster. So, where we're really trying to take this in mind is kind of a recognition of meeting prospects where they are, and we want to create a, um, a seamless experience where someone can, you know, find an ad for a unit, literally go through the entire process of seeing the unit, filling out an application, putting down a deposit, signing the lease, all in a seamless, mobile-enabled. Experience and what that does, and what it's done for us, is allow us to um, lease units faster. Um, I think attract a better tenant profile that you know has a higher FICO
1: score, has more income, is in general going to perform, and they're willing to self serve. That shows something, right? That shows something in in the attitude and how you know with the, the potential future tendency when they're willing to self serve. You know. Uh, you know, control their own life and destiny, so to, so to speak, right, um, than, than trying to work on somebody else's schedule. Yeah, yeah, so a, there's a little he, bit of a positive here that people don't really talk about.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's really, to me, it's fascinating. I mean, one of our philosophies is is meet people where they are. So we're not trying to force feed self showing down everybody's throat. We actually offer both. It's like, if you want someone to meet you, You know, take this path and we'll set up an appointment and someone can meet you. But if you want to see someone right away or see a unit right away, we have a really easy way for you to do it. And There's some interesting um, data on this. You know, Progress Residential was a company that was one of our competitors in the single family space. And um, I think they've done a nice job of continuing to um, further their leasing efforts. And they are set up the same way. So people can do a self-showing. People can meet an agent. And they said over 90% of the prospects choose a self-showing and self-showings actually has a higher close rate than when they meet a person. And so, you know, I'm seeing here, I'm I'm seeing more data and anecdotally seeing more uh, feedback that having um, the ability to do a self-showing, which is not commonplace in the industry, is a way to reduce vacancy and
1: Track better, but it's becoming so, right? Doug, it's becoming so. There's companies, there's at least like three companies I can name from Tenant Turner um, um, to you know at least two others that actually provide the uh, remote lockboxes services to property management shops. So I think it's being recognized right now, but I think you're right. I think as as industry is all apprehensive about the service, there are some things I see on the forums where um, there are occasional uh thefts happen or somebody rent somebody else's property because of that so there are issues with that 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 are being resolved by some of these companies but alex i would say that to me they're not real issues like i have these conversations
0: every day and you're absolutely right like there is some reticence and reluctance to to try this and security is the number one thing you hear i mean we had one incident in like tens of thousands of showings that went back to like someone with a, I mean, if you're going to steal something from a house or break in, you don't usually start that by giving, you know, a copy of your driver's license before you get the code, like just break a window and, and get in. And so, you know, I think there are people that are always going to be, you know, questioning change, fearful of change, but I think this is something that's, you know, getting more and more efficient. And again, if you look at, you know, meeting your, your, your future renters where they are and trying to create a better experience, this is something that people are interested in. I think in June, we did like 38 leases and all of them 100% were self showings. And and, and people of choice.
1: So let me shift gears a little bit, uh, Doug. Um, I have this this, uh, iceberg report. It's an industry report. I believe in accuracy of its data because I've seen a lot of different, I've been doing this for over 10 years and I've seen a lot of reports that were sort of similar uh, in 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 data uh, in numbers and so the report really kind of sh- focused on single family up to fourplex and the findings were that there's about 22 million rentals of that size in the United States and only about 30 percent are professionally managed versus the other 70 percent are self-managed by the investor or whatever. Um, In Australia, it actually is the other way around where most of the rentals over 70% are professionally managed. So I'm very curious. I mean, I think mine is sort of honing in on this and trying to solve that. But why do you think, why do you think US real estate investors want to self-manage? I mean, who wants to self-manage and why?
0: You know, I, I just recently saw that same data actually, you know, You sent it over to the person that runs marketing for us. And I actually, like, I looked at a lot of data. I hadn't seen that before. Um, I thought that was really fascinating. Um, It almost makes me want to go to Australia and do a little research and see if I can figure out why um, or how they're doing it differently. But, I mean, I I don't know the answer to it, but I have two suspicions. And, you know, like I said, I'm the... and it's at my core I'm an investor myself and I can just say like my experience trying to find good property management companies has been very difficult that does not mean they're out there there are good property management companies out there I just think there's a lot of very mediocre and not very good ones and for whatever reason I I had a hard time finding good ones so look I think if you have a bad experience with a property manager you know sometimes they steal from you sometimes they have too much vacancy, they spend too much on repairs and maintenance, there's, you know, a hundred things that can go wrong, someone loses trust, and they just come to the conclusion, like, great asset class, if I'm going to do this, I got to do it myself. Mm. I also think that, um, you know, there's a little bit of a cultural change happening right now with kind of millennials being the, the tip of the arrow, the tip of the spear in terms of change. And, you know, I think in the in the past there's just more of like a, a culture of do it yourself especially in america i don't know as much about in australia but i think that's changing i think that like you know the ubiquity of services and like i mean real estate has not been a market that historically focused on like the customer experience right so now you have companies that are trying to build services for all different types of real estate and they're very you know acutely focused on customer service and i think. You know out of that's going to come some some better service providers that hopefully can provide a service that you know makes it so more people feel comfortable entrusting trusting their you know in, in many cases their most prized asset to a management company they can actually you know provide enough
1: value and service that it pays for itself so i want to um yeah dog i'm with you i'm with you 100 so i i've i've went to australia i've met a lot of property managers i'd Did some uh, speaking engagements there, and it's uh, it's an amazing country. And I think a lot of their um, or a lot of the reasons why their um, uh, curve is reversed, um, where a lot of properties are being professionally managed, is a property manager is a respectable uh, profession that has that's that 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 has been there for a while, right alongside real estate agent. But also, they're have uh, pretty heavily regulated in terms of. Uh, a tenant it's a very tenant friendly, and a lot of tenant protections are uh, enacted in their legislative and their, in their uh, laws and hmm. and it's difficult for you know an individual owner to navigate those. Uh, their rents are weekly there's a whole bunch of other reasons, but I think a lot of it has to do with just how loose or how i guess how tenant friendly Australia is versus u um, s traditionally has been focusing on the landlord and the property owner. Um, sort of pushing property ownership through legislation and kick, you know and benefits to the owners, not so much as tenants this is changing now, so I think that's that 's part of it and and I think the second part you 're right I think and my friend i have, I have a number of friends who invest in real estate and it 's been it it 's been a topic for them like if they find a good property manager, they want to recommend like everybody starts you know signing out because they're, you know it 's very hard to find. I hope you're enjoying this podcast. I wanted to take just two minutes of your time and say thank you to our sponsor, a company who makes this podcast a reality. That's Four and a Half, my company. We do marketing for property management companies. We've done it for the last seven years, and the latest innovation we're introducing is guaranteed plans. That's right. We, we're able to guarantee the performance of our marketing and website services to you if you hire Four and a Half to do both your marketing and the website it all starts with a thorough business performance review where we really take a deep look into your business seo uh, business practices your uh, identify current up gaps and areas of opportunity and then figure out how to close them for you then we're going to guarantee a specific outcome in terms of results and if that aligns with your goals for the business we can sign you up for this guarantee plan and deliver the results to you or work for free if you have any uh, if you would take, take a further look at this, go to com, hit pricing, and take a look at our guaranteed plans. Thank you. Let's get back to the show. Um, so what are your aspirations, Doug, for MIND? Um, like I want to give us maybe a, a high-level two years and, and, and sort of a five-year goal. Just what are you trying to do with this company?
0: Yeah, so I mean I would say first and foremost, like I think fundamentally we want to make investing in what we would call small residential rentals. So 50 units and smaller, that's the real universe we're focused on. You know, it's 84% of all rentals. So it's, it's big. There's like almost you know 36 million units in that, in that cohort. Mm. It's hard. Like everything we've been talking about from finding a good manager, if you can, or if you can't, you got to manage yourself. Like it's hard. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a financial investment. And if I own stocks or bonds or, other types of assets like that I can pull my phone out and I get real-time data I can you know find lots of high caliber professional and um, service providers to help me and I can get real-time data so I know exactly what's going on and I think that all of these things are are possible in our in our business it's just that reality um, has not come to play yet and so it's, it's to make it more simple like it's a pretty audacious goal. Like this is a hard, complicated business. We want to make it simple. Simple is very hard. Um, you know, I think we also just want to create a more compelling investment platform. There's a stat, I think it's like 84% of all real estate investors own within a 60 mile radius of their own of where they live. And I think, you know, why people do that is pretty clear because they feel like they have to be able to be there and check on their asset and, See it and touch it, and you know what bothers me about that is the chances that the radius within sixty miles of someone where someone lives, the chances that that's like actually the best place to invest is low. It's unlikely, right? Yeah, for you so, and I, you in Oakland, right?
1: I'm in Oakland. Like, does uh, always make sense to
0: invest in Oakland? Sometimes it does, but sometimes it makes sense to invest in Kansas City or yeah. Dallas or Florida. And you know, at Waypoint, we had the benefit of like. We had our own management company. We had our own technology platform and software. So like I could look at the operating results and financial results in a very clear, consistent format, no matter what the market was. I could pull down all kinds of data that told me, you know, something was doing well or it wasn't. And for me, like I would love to personally be able to like look at lots of data, maybe have like a trusted partner that... You know, gave me some advice in terms of a portfolio of real estate that made sense for me, which should be diversified into different markets and maybe different you know
1: types I of. I love them. the idea. I love the idea. So so the idea is, you know, um, or, or the the target is the plan is to have an active investor who can trust in you with both recommendations, acquisition, management, and possibly disposition. I don't know if you guys play in all those arenas, but I bet that's part of the vision or.
0: Yeah. We want to be
1: able to make it simple. So the more we can just like all the things that you need to do to be an investor,
0: we have a national platform. We're in the most investable markets. We can't be everywhere, but like do the research where are the markets where it makes the most sense to invest, have a presence in those markets, give people choices to move assets around. I mean, who knows, maybe when you get into fractional ownership, people can sell half of a building in one place and do it, you know, own something else somewhere else. And and to make it simple, and to have like real-time access, both through a mobile phone and on their computer, to all the data and metrics
1: that they need to, you know, be reassured that their investment's performing. Do you do you think do you think do you think you'll have enough capital to get there? I mean, given the velocity you have shown so far, obviously the you know VC community and your investors think you do, um, but. I mean, you you got you got to have you got to have a lot of properties under management to finance this.
0: Yeah, so I'd say, look, we're um, fortunate to have a I think a good track record in terms of like achieving some success at Waypoint. Um, we only achieved that success because we built a great team. We've been fortunate to bring a number of those folks over um, with us to Mind. We are going after you know I think a big market with a big challenge. It's you know property management is a very big market. Um, there's a lot of opportunity there. We have some great investors with, um, you know, long-term goals and I think a belief in us and yeah, we've been successful so far. I mean, at waypoint, we raised a lot of money. We, we were buying every single house, so we raised, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars of, of equity. So I think we, you know, we have experience raising capital. So does that ever mean that it's a guarantee that you're gonna be capitalized forever? No, you gotta like every step of the way, you gotta be successful and be making progress and and making that case. But I think you know, we have enough conviction in what we're trying to do and have the team and the capital partners behind us to to you know make the right decisions and make
1: it happen. Gotcha. So I've um uh, come across. Well, I've I wouldn't say we're friends, but I've met uh, Max, who's uh, Nassenbaum, who's a founder of Castle. I don't know if you uh, are tracking with uh, or following other um, VC-backed property management companies. There are a couple.
0: We know Scott Low, his partner.
1: He works with us now. Oh, I got you. Yeah. So, I, I, yes, yeah, I think Vince told me that. I am. By the way, I didn't meet your team. I went to your office. Really nice office. Oh, and did, uh, really sharp, sharp, a uh, uh, bunch of guys and gals you got there. That's pretty, pretty yeah. impressive, Appreciate pretty it. impressive. Um, so I, I can vouch for that aspect. <laughs> but um, in terms of like castle, they they ran out of money. I mean, what you know, what what mistakes are you not going to repeat? <laughs> it's so
0: funny you ask because literally those guys came into our office. Like I heard one day, and the next day they were sitting on the couch in our mm-hmm. office saying, oh, "Wow, you know." we believe in what we're doing. You know, I think I have a ton of respect for those guys as entrepreneurs. I mean, they were young, right out of college, had an idea, tried to make it happen. I mean, they raised some money, they took it to a thousand units. I think, and this isn't me saying this, I mean, this comes straight from Scott is like, I think where they got it wrong was they didn't bring in enough subject matter expertise. So like people who really know property management and real estate, they were all kind of more technical and they also didn't have any experienced entrepreneurs who had ever grown a company before and because of that they made some some mistakes and so I think those were two really big reasons what they did and what we're doing which is very hard is building your own software and running the business so you know you're prone to just have some mistakes and so you got to make sure that those customer satisfaction levels are are, are high and you're on top of that and you're measuring that and that was another area where they had a fall off and you know we're we're highly focused on it and feel really lucky to have Scott on our team because I think you always want to be paying attention to the marketplace and you know learning from your uh, your own failures and the failures of others to make sure that you don't repeat those mistakes so really thankful to have Scott on
1: our that's team. Really, that's really a smart acquisition for you guys and, and good luck uh, to him and you as well in that journey. Um, but that sort of brings me to the next sort of part of this um, next topic is um, you what I what I see different from you from Castle never really put any kind of uh, emphasis on acquisitions and sort of putting a local expertise led team backed by the tech, ba- backed by the best technology in the business, integrated with the mothership, so to speak, but have that, uh, uh, um, you know, local expertise level, the um to service and drive the customer satisfaction now you have a little bit different approach I spoke with Vince um on your team who's sort of in charge and looking through acquisitions if i'm not mistaken and you guys are buying some companies so talk, talk to me about that strategy what what are you looking for when you buy a company yeah so you know i mean i think again this is another example of where
0: our experience at waypoint has has really really been helpful like you know this business is it's about boots on the ground it's about being local, having really good, talented people in the market, executing the business. Now, I think you can make those people a lot more efficient with technology and data, and that's kind of where the, you know, the Oakland office and what we're building comes into play. But our, our go-to-market strategy is something we call land and expand, right? So it's very hard to grow a property management business when you're just starting. You know, you're having a conversation with an owner. And it's like, yeah, we manage four units. Do you want to be our <laughs> fifth, sixth, and seventh? It's like, no, thanks. I'll wait. Yeah. And so, and the reality is like, you just, you, you need to have that experience to do a good job. And so what we're doing is we're going in and you know, not just like buying any company, we think of it more as a partnership. We want to land by finding the right entrepreneur with the right uh, portfolio that kind of is a good fit for us and then paying them for the value they've created and then creating a partnership to go forward. So, you know, maybe it's the owner of the company, maybe it's a few members of their team, they become part of that mine team. So, you know, now we have units in the, under management in that market, people can see us leasing and, you know, activity around property management. And we actually have, you know, local market experts that, that know that market, that can use the mind platform to grow. And, you know, I'm proud to say that we've, we've bought five companies so far nice. and it really is a partnership. They've all looked a little bit differently. Like we're very entrepreneurial in that way. We don't have like a cookie cutter formula. Like this is how we do it. It's our way of the highway. It's like, Hey, we really like you and we like the portfolio you've built. Like what are your goals? Like, how do you want to grow? Do you want to stay involved in the business? If so, what do you like to do? So we have, Owners who have stayed on as what we call ambassadors, and you know they're tired of the day-to-day of property management. They just want to like help us grow the company and, and be that local ambassador for Mind. We have others who say, "I love property management. I just don't have the platform to grow. I want to join forces with Mind and you know run the business and, and grow." And so that's the land piece, and then the expand piece is really you know having a strong local digital footprint turning on a variety of different online and offline channels to create you know direct and indirect um, growth and you know that's where really where we invest in the marketing to grow from that base we're not you know we're not a roll up we're not just trying to roll up companies and the package them and
1: sell them you are the operator you are the future so to speak you're building your own future i get that 100% i think a lot of people i think that's attractive to a lot of people because having built Uh, a business you feel you know you don't you don't a lot of times as an entrepreneur you don't want to just you know toss it toss it for the to the highest bidder right it's not always Mm -hmm. not although you know money is important um i did review your acquisition strategies on the website excuse me like about acquisitions and what you're looking for there seem to be very flexible very interesting um how you sort of model this out um definitely seen like that's the first thing i was impressed by um when I started looking into your company is, is that sort of flexibility, not on that depth of understanding. of like, these guys must have property management background because there's no way, like you, like you said, a lot of people had, Hey, here's our model. Like you either fit that model or you don't, or instead you say, here's who we want. Now let's, let's make, let's make it fit.
0: Yeah. And and sort of like, you know, here's our vision for what this can be. What's your vision? Like do our visions align? If our visions don't align, it's like you know, nice to meet you, uh, good luck, no harm, no foul, right? We're looking for people that are really, really aligned, and we want to win with them. So, you know, we're not just saying, hey, here's some money for your portfolio, you know, go away. We're saying, I mean, we do cash in stock. So we're, you know, part of what we say is, hey, if you're going to join us, like, I want you to win with us. Like, we're going to give you, you can take some of the value from your company in stock. If you're going to work with us, as an employee going forward, like, stock every person in our company owns stock so when we create a valuable company someday everybody who worked hard along the way wins with us and we want you know our partners that we do business with in new markets to um, have that same benefit
1: yeah i bet i bet that sounds pretty good get up get 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 uh, a little bit of a share of bay area technology while uh, you know getting a fair price for your business so that that sounds all pretty good now, let's talk uh, from a property management entrepreneur perspective, who's, you know most of my listeners are, and what would I need to do? And we've covered this from, like, I've asked this question for multiple companies who are looking to acquire. Um, I'm just curious, from your perspective, I'm a business owner of a property management company. I want to sell potentially to you or someone else in the next 12 months. What do I need to do now to get the best outcome for me?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, look, I think everybody's got a different way of valuing companies, but I think one commonality is everyone's going to look at your revenue, right? Like, what's your recurring revenue generated from from property management fees and leasing fees primarily? So, you know, if you're trying to grow the value of the company, grow your revenue, grow your business. Now, I think most thoughtful companies will look into kind of what we would call, um, you know, the seasoning of your contracts, like if a contract that's one month old or two months old is less valuable to us than one that's one or two years old, because it's probably just less settled and there's more work to kind of figure out the the residents and the assets and the owners and and such. So that's a super obvious one. Um, I think another one for us, which, you know, we see a lot of challenges in this issue is just like, really focus on minimizing the side deals. I think as people are looking to grow, they'll oftentimes find themselves in situations where they're trying to be everything to everyone and, you know, maybe changing the way the fees work or, you know, I'll come to you every single time. Any, if I'm going to spend a dollar on a repairs and maintenance thing, I'm going to come to you first versus having like more of a consistent threshold. So I think the fewer corner cases and exceptions the better, like, as we go through some of these portfolios, like, I'll see spreadsheets, like, pages long of, like, all the different exceptions that, like, you know, makes your head want to turn around. It's like, how do you step in as a manager and make sure that you're delivering on the expectations that were set by the original manager? It's, like, really, really hard. It creates a lot of noise. And then also just the contracts and the accounting, like, you know, go through and do an audit of all your leases, your property management agreements with your owners your accounting, if you can clean all that stuff up. I mean, I would even say if you were to have like an accountant or some kind of a consultant come in and do it for you, and you're truly looking to sell, you're gonna end up getting, that's gonna be a positive ROI investment for you because you're just gonna have a cleaner business, which just gives someone more confidence in the business and they're gonna be willing to, to pay more. I know we will, like we, we wanna see people who've been running like, you know, clean, consistent, transparent businesses.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. Yep. So so that's good advice. Uh, I, I haven't heard this one yet. I've heard a lot of different things uh, or maybe something similar. Um, but I think hiring a consultant to come in, and it not have to be expensive, um, and, and just take an inventory of all your contracts, all your leases, putting them, organizing them all um, will yield a positive ROI at acquisition. That's good. How far in advance would you do that?
0: I mean, look, when you like once you sign in a letter of intent, like the next phase would be due diligence. And that's when you're going to be handing over all this material. So, you know, I would want to get my head around like what the issues are that need to be fixed. So I would do it, you know, three to six months before I'm thinking of selling. And, you know, just to be clear, though, the reason I suggest a third party is because I think typically people are accustomed to looking at their own stuff. Right. 100%. Right? Like, yep. It's hard for them to see what the issue is. You get a like an independent third party who's gonna look at it like we would or some other company would. And I think you're
1: gonna get a better assessment of, you know, what are the things you need to clean up. And what kind of uh what kind what would you go looking for that person, Doc? Do you have a good uh what would you uh, go? You wouldn't go on Fiverr and, and, and pay him five bucks to do it, but uh, you also don't wanna pay, you know, Accenture or somebody else to do it.
0: Yeah, you know what? Like I would go find I mean frankly we've done i did this at waypoint um i would go find someone who does like more institutional property management like say someone who works for the irvine company they're a regional manager they've been doing it for 20 years i'd say hey can i get like you know 10 or 15 or like so many hours for you in your spare time and you know they can do it in an evening they can do it on a weekend like this is what they do they're like institutional professionals just like Come in and take a look at this stuff for me. I'll pay you an hourly rate and you're gonna you're gonna get some good honest feedback. What would you pay him, Doug? An hour? Mm-hmm. Um fifty? Hundred?
1: Two fifty?
0: I would pay them. I mean, I, I think it depends what market, who they are. I mean in general. What's the range? I would pay 75 bucks an hour.
1: Got it. Okay. Something like that. Plus or minus. That, that's a juicy piece of piece of advice. So look uh, you know, look through LinkedIn, find somebody employed in an institutional property management, done it for a while at a regional manager level and ask them for their time to go in and evaluate. Right. Yeah. Here's another idea. I just thought of this. I mean,
0: look, if someone was thinking, I want to sell, they're listening to this and they go, Oh, you know, mine's a company that buys like, we're not going to go through every lease, but like, if they sent us a sample of these various contracts, just for us to like, look at and give them some feedback we're not going to go through audit every single one but we can at least tell them like hey it's totally fine it's good as it is or you have a really big problem here or anything in between and at least kind of level set um, in terms of like you know how much
1: is involved with in kind of cleaning up your box. so send doug a few contracts right doug <laughs> yeah send directly to me yeah got it that, that sounds good that sounds good so yeah so potentially Uh, um, Yeah, so before you start selling, you can actually socialize some of the contracts with maybe people, you know, who are acquiring in the industry. And we we know there's there's a lot of uh, there's a a few companies that are specifically focused on acquiring property management companies. That's a good idea. Um, Let's talk about let's talk about pricing a little bit. I I can't wait to get into this topic. This is personally um, very sort of uh, uh, very fascinating to me. Um, And I think that's the ultimate lever for controlling demand versus profitability um and uh, what do you think is fair this is this is the question i have this is good. okay all right this is the question as an investor to investor what do you think is a fair price to pay for good property management
0: well i think it depends on the market right like every market's got like a different pricing construct like i mean even within the bay area i mean here in the east bay we charge a half month's rent for leasing If you go down on the peninsula or San Jose, it's 500 bucks. Um, If you go to San Diego, it's anywhere between there is no leasing fee and 500 bucks. If you go to, you know, single family homes in Indianapolis, it's one month, right? So it's like, there's a percent, but then there's also at the end of the day, what's the absolute dollars involved because of the rent levels that I think drive it. Um, I can tell you just philosophically right now, like, we think there's huge opportunity around pricing. Part of what we're, of why we're building our own software is we're essentially building a task management system, right? I mean, all property management is, it's a series of tasks that are created by residents, owners, and assets. And it's your job as a property manager to like resolve those tasks. And there's ways to organize the tasks and measure tasks such that you can get unique visibility that doesn't exist today in terms of like what do things actually cost? <laughs> like, what does it cost me to lease a unit? What does it collect me cost me on this type of a property in a location like this to collect rent or manage, um, you know, residents? And so, with that visibility, I think in the future—not today—we're not there yet—but um, we're going to be able to price in a way that offers investors more flexibility, maybe more ease and still make sure that, that MIND is a, is a profitable company. Today, just to make it simple, our philosophy is in, in every market, we're just right down the middle. Like We're not the most expensive, we're not the cheapest, it's just a very average price. The goal today is not to make price an obstacle.
1: So well, I, you, don't, you don't compete on price until you have enough data to actually make it a, a meaningful you know, a strategy. That's right that's that's smart that's i like that um i like that pricing service doug is different i i mean it's difficult i i i have a service and now we've um onboarded an engineering team we have a um um, a technology side but um majority of my i still consider myself as a service company technology enabled service company people first you know that's my that's my mindset um it's very difficult uh to do that and we do we do a lot in um we end up just measuring essentially the average time it takes for each individual task. So then comp- then once we have all these uh, uh, priced in terms of time, then we convert time into dollars, right? And that's how we package services and we yeah. see where we can gain efficiencies. That's the only way we see uh, to to come up with pricing. Um, fair way. But property management, I would imagine it's the same, but market drives your pricing. Like, okay, if you, Doug, dig in and, and Indianapolis, you find that it, it takes you as much time to manage your property as it is in Oakland or the rents are, you know, quarter of what Oakland rents are and your fees are half. How do you, like, how, how are you going to combat that, man? I mean, I mean, are you going to have one side uh, offset the other? Um,
0: yeah, I mean, I think part of it is around, like, maybe we don't, you know, I think our costs will come down over time with scale. Like, we believe property management can be a scale business where we can ultimately, man, you know, do tasks, manage units for less, at scale and so you know specifically with your example maybe it doesn't make sense for us to go to Indianapolis yet maybe we can't deliver our service yet but then i would also say like i mean i do think that oftentimes the way people think about price is not the right way it's like four percent versus five percent right they're like oh well i should go with the four percent it's cheaper it's like well not necessarily it's like what does your bottom line look like to me the cheapest property management can become the most expensive. Yeah, you and I know that. What can you do in terms of like, achieving higher leases, leasing faster? I mean, one thing that we're really excited about is, um, you know, doing some things a little bit differently. And I don't know anybody in the market who does short-term rentals and long-term rentals. So we're, 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 we're starting that right now. If we can come in and in the Bay Area in certain markets, you can drive almost twice as much revenue in a year doing short-term rentals. Now it's more operationally complex, Complex. there's different types of tasks, but you know, when you have your own software system, you can enable that. Well, you know, what's our service worth now, right? Like for short-term management, you can charge 15
1: or 20% and the investor sold does great. So because compared that to the hotel, I mean, I've, I've heard a podcast, one of my customers, Andy Moore, he runs a very successful vacation rental, as well as long-term rental. And 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 like the competition, people don't balk at $400 a night. You know, it's... Yeah, it's, depending. It's okay.
0: I, mean, I mean, even some of our stuff here in good areas of the Bay Area, I mean, you can do, you know, $160, $175, up to $200 a night in certain seasons and maintain occupancy. It's like... Our job is to look at people's assets and to figure out like how do we maximize the ROI on someone's assets mm-hmm. and you know that's just one example of trying to come up with a unique value proposition to drive more value to, to owners.
1: Gotcha. Um, can I get some um, advice from you for a um, let's say? a property management entrepreneur who manages about 600 to 800 homes in a high growth mode. Um, I want to get some ideas from you to help this, this, this entrepreneur uh, uh, continue their success and growth. Obviously mine's not going to take all the business out there, right? There's, there's plenty of uh, opportunity for local, um, you know, businesses to, 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 to thrive alongside. Um, there's a huge market. As I said, we're capturing only 30% of it. It's yeah. ridiculous um we got we got to get better at this but here, here's what i want to know um if you were that smaller operator with all that experience you have um where do you see the biggest marketing channel for your new owners to come in like what would be what would that be over the next few years what would you invest in marketing side or marketing side
0: you know um i mean i
1: don't know that i have like
0: a magic answer in terms of like Sure. You know, but what I do know, and you alluded to it earlier, is like this is a, a word-of-mouth business. It's a trust and credibility business. If someone finds a good property manager, they're telling everybody they know. And if you know you know and trust somebody, and they say, "Hey, XYZ property management company, they do a great job. You can trust them." Like the sales cycle on that referral is going to be fast and easy, right? So. To us, it's all about the customer experience. I would, I mean, the other thing I was going to say too, is just like, I'm a big believer in working smarter, not harder. And I think there's a wave of, there's a technological revolution that's happening right now. And I think the property management companies that like look out at it and figure out how to to ride that wave and to leverage technologies in a way that delivers a better experience to residents and owners, helps them make more money. This is an investment, right? People want to make more money. Figure out how to use that technology, drive customer service and, and word of mouth referrals, and those are the companies that are going to thrive in the
1: next five to ten years. That's that's excellent observation, Doug. So you saying, my correct correct in summarizing, you saying obsess about customer experience? Yes, with every in every possible way.
0: Yeah, and just one example. I mean, when we get like this happens, like no matter what. It's going to happen, right? You're sitting between tenants and owners. And in many cases, it's a zero sum game, right? Someone's loss is the other's game. So you are going to get negative comments on social media. When that happens, literally the next day, we're pulling together a SWAT team of everyone involved, get to the bottom of what happened. How do we resolve it and make this right for someone? And when we were wrong, like admit we were wrong, and respond online and be super proactive. Like I think in today's world, if you're not on, you know, your social media, your online reputation management like that, I think it's gonna be really challenging.
1: So would you pay $199 a month to know exactly the outcome for every single customer interaction you had ongoing basis?
0: I feel like this is a trick question. No, it's <laughs>
1: not. I', I would pay $199 for that? So, no, that's, that's, that's it's not. It's just a service we offer. It's it's a reputation management. But, the, 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 I mean, yeah, the outcome of it is positive Google reviews. But I think the most important part of it is the consistent uh, finger and the pulse of your customer experience. And a lot of our customers don't value that aspect of it. Yeah. But they go in after it's like Google Google reviews. Well, yeah, you, that that's definitely part of it they don't value, I don't feel like we're able to really explain the value of consistent monitoring. Yeah, you know what, I
0: I think it falls in the category of work smarter, not harder, you got to spend money to make money, you know, I think what you guys are doing is really innovative, you're trying you know, for that small operator with 600 to 800 units, like they don't have the budget to go hire a marketing team, right, like outsource it, like you guys are giving a small company the ability to have like a 21st century a game in terms of like marketing and brand management. And so, yeah, like I would be trying to figure out how to partner and leverage and uh, you're going to have to spend some money, but guess what? Like, you know, understand what the lifetime value of a, of a new customer looks like and all the referrals that come from that it's, it's valuable. It's, it's how you survive and thrive as a property manager.
1: Now you're talking lifetime value, customer acquisition cost. Man, you and I can spend another hour talking. Fortunately, we're about, what, 45 minute mark at this stage? Where are we at? Um, I don't look into the clock. Actually, 55 minutes. 55 <laughs> Well, uh, we got to wrap this up. Maybe we'll have you again. But I do have this question for the audience. I didn't ask my favorite question. Do you still have another few minutes? I got to ask about Yeah, yeah, your, yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Your mindset as a football player versus the entrepreneur or business owner. I think we'll all get a lot out of that answer. But before I do that, the pm grow summit is coming it's for the property management entrepreneur uh who is looking to grow and in fact this is so interesting doug mentioned the most important marketing channel over the next number of years is obsessed about customer experience well as it happens independently we chose the theme of the conference conference to be all about customer experience improving your customer experience and it has to do with both pre-sale onboarding and database marketing database post-sale so um, we are do a not- panel, Alex. We should get a, together a panel
0: and like talk about that stuff because I think it's important. And if the industry, I mean, I feel like all of us get negatively impacted by this negative stigma that the property management industry has. Like, you know, Kevin from Renters Warehouse. Like, we talk to those guys. It's like we're trying to create a better industry. And I think if we can all get together and um, you know share ideas and perspective about how to up the game of the industry. It's beneficial to everybody. It's going to help us get from what you were saying, you know, a third today, you know, get it up to half of all these units being professionally managed
1: instead of just a third. Love it, Doug. Love it. So you just, you just basically, yeah, you just said what I was going to say anyway and said it more eloquently. But um, if you guys want to hear Doug speak or be part of the panel uh, with Kevin potentially or some others. Um, you know what we can build a little bit of a syndicate here um, you know we might actually make some meaningful improvements and those millions and millions of units can start going into the professional hands and that whole thing is going to become better for everyone tenants investors um, and everybody around right and property managers so there you, go. If you guys want to hear doug speak send me an email alex at dot a half.com i would really appreciate your feedback on this show as well as if you want to hear doug speak and if you do, what topics? So that would be great. And Doug, I'm p- kind of presuming that you might be available on those dates. Um, the summit is, we just locked the contract. It's April 17th through 19th. What do you have on your calendar? Pretty far out there. So probably probably good. You're not playing football anymore. So no more football. All right, good stuff. So speaking of football, that last thing, last thing I was gonna really, I really wanna dig into this and understand this. And this is, has to do with mindset. So I did a little bit of um digging on your history with NFL, and you were um, a a kicker with 49ers, got the championship ring, but you overall looked like the field goal average was 68.8%, which is not great. Not bad, right? Not great. And then you went ahead and had successful career for another eight years or so, where your kick averages were a lot higher. How did you overcome? Like, how does your mind work through all the negativity that you must've gotten? Over that lower ratio, uh, and how'd you improve? Like mean, that's that's really interesting to me. What'd you do here? So,
0: just to share with your listeners, like so, you know, Alex is a nice guy, and he like emailed me in advance and said, "Hey, do you mind if I ask about this question?" And I of course said yes, but I thought it was so funny because like it reminded me of like being in the property management business is exactly like being a place kicker, right? So like I played twelve years. I think when I retired, I actually had, I was in the top 10 most accurate in NFL history. I think my overall average was like almost 81%. But one of the things about being a kicker is no matter what good things you do, what always gets brought up is the one you missed. 20%. <laughs> and it's like property management. It's like you, you might've saved someone tons of money on some repair, you know, got a unit, um, lease really fast at a higher than expected rent but like that screw up on that eviction is the thing you're you know you're always going to hear about and so you know what what i learned as a kicker and what i um still leverage today in the property management business is you got to have you got to just have thick skin and focus on the things that you can control and you just you can't control people's opinions um they're going to think what they can think but like if you if you focus on the things that you can control and continue to do a better job and, you know, as a kicker, it's like the next kick, the next game. And you just, you have to have that mentality where you, you know, brush off the mistakes and move on to the next kick and figure out how to work smarter and get better. And I think in the, in the business world, it's the same thing. You know, you, as a property manager, you make a mistake and maybe your, you know, your client's not happy, your resident's not happy, whatever it is, it's like learn from the mistakes own them figure out how to get better and move on and do better next time
1: that's awesome thank you doug stay back after we finish i want to ask you a couple more questions everyone else thank you kindly for listening uh we hope to see doug and his company at the uh, pm growth summit in next april also wish doug the best i mean they're good people uh, mine is doing things right i i love how you know, how open and and sort of really focused the company is. And look, there's a lot of money behind it. People believe in it. So all the best to you guys.
0: Thank you, Alex. Really appreciate it. Thanks
1: for having me.